0: to our second annual season of Nebraska Abilities. I am Andy, joined by my lovely co-host here of Nate and Zach. And what it's been, last time we talked, was after the spring game. And, you know, you can take away what you want from the spring game. But um, it's our first chance for most people to see Matt Rule and his staff uh, in Nebraska Colors, uh, in front of our fans, Memorial Stadium, all of that. Um, but... I mean, just, you know, ever since last season, I mean, obviously a lot happened with Frost being uh, fired mid-season last year and the whole coaching church and everything like that. But, you know, we've come almost that time of year again. We got about uh, eight days till kickoff now uh, at the time of this recording. So it's definitely starting to feel like football season again. And as always, you know, it's just kind of the uh, emotional roller coaster of you, you get down after every losing season and it's just like, you know, where do we go from here? What happens? And, you know, you get a new coach, you start to just take a little sip of that Kool-Aid and just, it keeps going and going and going and flowing. And a week from football season starting and you just feel like Nebraska's going to, you know, 14 and 0, run the playoff, be top of the world again. And that's just, you know, we're chucking the roulette now. And, And it's so hard not to love what Matt rule has done up until this point. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's it's like the small things that our previous coaches didn't really do as much. It's just getting out into the community, you know. I mean, he's obviously trying to as, associate and be, you know, cultured in a sense to the younger players with, you know, being on Twitter so much and just being more active in social media. And that's why he's just always been touted as a great recruiter uh, with that going into – what he wants try to establish his culture in Nebraska. And you know, we've heard nothing but good things from the players, the staff, um, himself, and what he's been trying to establish at Nebraska right now. Um, obviously, you know, that's all great said and done until you know the games are what matter. Um, and, and everything comes down to the games, uh, for his final you know, stamp on what he's gonna leave here at Nebraska and how uh he's gonna do at Nebraska here. But you know, that's I'm excited. We're so close to football season. You're just having football back again. Um, You know, in terms of what happened during the off season, you know, other than just, you know, Nebraska missing on Dylan Riola, which uh, you can look at it both ways as yes, you know, you missed a top end recruit quarterback, but just to say that Nebraska was in the hunt for, you know, the top quarterback in the nation and, You know, just being up there against you know the two-time reigning national champ of Georgia in that conversation to get him, I think it's just something that says that whatever Matt Rule is talking to, telling these recruits to get them to come to Nebraska is obviously sparking some interest, and you know, just kind of making some small tidal waves for future recruits. Of you know, Nebraska may not be winning, but you know, recruits talk to each other, and we know that. And it's just something that we just—it's another component of Matt Rule that is what we love to see out of a coach and uh, like I said just not not a whole lot that happened during the offseason um, in terms of you know anything big program shakeups that Nebraska is typically used to during the offseason whether it's not wanting to play Oklahoma or getting covid fined for having extra practices or whatever during that whole COVID NCAA thing but outside of that I mean uh, I'll pass it off to Nate here just for some early off season thoughts and then we'll get right into the grind of previewing the team and the season going forward.
1: Yeah, I'll just kind of echo what you were talking about where uh I mean Coach Rule seems like he's doing a lot of the kind of heavy lifting, the footwork. He's getting out visiting a lot of recruits, going around the state. He's on Twitter X whatever you want to uh refer to it as now but uh he's still got his cryptic tweets going uh from time to time and uh, he's just really engaging personality and uh, i mean his press conferences and uh, radio interviews and stuff are uh, pretty informative he's pretty uh, just open and honest and all that is to say it's like it's really great optics and it's a far cry from where the program was even just a year ago that um he is willing to just kind of be there and, uh, I don't know, just be open with the media, be open with uh, just, I don't know, the whole state. And so it's it's kind of comforting to see that. But, again, it, it will ultimately come down to the product on the field. I mean, there's a lot of hype around uh, at least the potential. Um, I know expectations aren't necessarily lofty or anything. But, I mean, there's been some talk that we could see at least a modest – reasonable season out of this year. We'll have to see. I mean, we have the, in theory, we have the players to at least make a little bit of noise, but we'll have to see how things shake out on the field. And it's, it's an exciting time. I mean, as you mentioned, new coach, a lot of turnover, um, some new faces, but actually quite a bit of uh, retention player wise as well. So I'm just I don't know. Being ready for what comes next, I'm excited for the potential, excited for the future. I think there's a lot to be um, really excited for. I I'll just kind of leave it at that and pass it over to Zach. But I I'm really excited that football's back. Uh, regardless of how the season goes, I'm just I'm happy we're back. So I'll pass it over to Zach.
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys echoed pretty much what I'm going to say. Uh, I do want to mention that. Uh, I'd like to thank anybody that's checking out this episode, whether you're new or old, like, you know, wel- either welcome back to another year of Nebraska abilities uh, or you know, welcome to a new year of Nebraska abilities, depending on if you're new or not. Um, another thing that I think that we should mention is that if you're new, uh, Nebraska abilities came from the idea that <laughs> if there was a way, Nebraska could get a lead, of three touchdowns and then find a way to lose the game. Um, It was always a great ability of Nebraska to be able to do that. And so it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a possibility. It was a Nebraska ability, which is now the tagline of, you know, the podcast. Uh, So again, if you're new now, you understand, unfortunately, now, as we go forward, we're kind of hoping that we don't have to say that as much in terms of, you know, what Matt rule brings to, to the team. Um, I think, now, granted, you know Nebraska is known to be off-season champs. I think we're on t- ten years now, probably. I, I don't know anymore, Absolutely. but um, you know we've we've had a decade of off-season Kool-Aid and uh, off-season winning. Uh, so I mean, why stop there? We're we're right we're right in there again. Um, but with that, something that's different this year with us chugging the Kool-Aid of Nebraska football is that Matt Rule has done an interview with I think it was Damon Benning and he said i want people to say that he's like you you don't win just during the season you win in the off season and so he wants he wants the entire team to buy into the idea that you win throughout the entire year not just throughout the throughout the season and so you know we're hoping again that even though our namesake of our podcast is based on how nebraska was able to lose those big games we're hoping that uh the introduction of matt rule is the uh the corner that we were trying to turn for so many years. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, like Nate said, you know, we, we see that quite a bit of player retention, which is always kind of surprising when you have it. But I think it also speaks to what rule is telling, you know, these guys as, you know, what their, what their expectations are as coaches. Um, And I mean, we, we saw that, which we'll discuss later when it comes to specifically talking about, you know, the new coaches and their visions, but, I think you saw a lot of really, really good things, um, just in terms of messaging and what Matt Rule brings to the table. And I know that a lot of people, and we mentioned this too when we talked, you know, for our live stream during the the spring game, that a lot of people seem disappointed with the rule hire. Um, and it, I, I could kind of understand it, but and I, I think the three of us agreed. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Matt Rule was the hire that Nebraska needed. Um, instead of some flashy hire, um, not to take away from an example being like Luke fickle, not to take away from what he's done and what he's probably going to do at Wisconsin. You know, there's another example of one that we don't know what, how that's going to work out him coming from Cincinnati, but you know, there I think is a lot of question marks in the big 10 this year. And I think that's a great thing in terms of what Matt rules bringing in. But I also think the stability that he's shown in college football, uh, is going to be a, a great thing. Um, Yes, his tenure at the Carolina Panthers was not very great, but he's also owned that. And that's one of the big things for me um, as a, as you can call me a Matt Rule stand now, I guess, um, is that he has gone on record multiple times saying, you know, Carolina didn't work out. I didn't do good enough. And I think there's something to be said for a head coach that is, humble enough to see that he failed at the highest level of football, at least in America. I I didn't, I don't know if he coached overseas, if he did any football anywhere else. I don't think he did, but regardless point is, I think Matt rule is going to be off to a great start. um, And that's, you know, what we're here to talk about along with, um, you know, Previewing the games over the years, mm-hmm. or the years, sorry, the 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 year also years uh, too. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, <laughs> ho- hopefully we can, hopefully we can keep people around long enough. But, um, yeah, we'll see. So anyway, with that, I figure, you know, what better time to get into the uh, preseason and kind of what's happened since the spring game than mm-hmm. now? And uh, Andy, I will let you take that away. Yeah.
0: So we'll just you're we'll just what I was thinking of what we should do and, you know, we'll just make this an open discussion for all of us is we'll just kind of go, you know, however long we want to talk about, you know, just position by position of what we, you know, have seen so far, what we've heard through uh fall training camp, all of that of, you know, just like you talked about who's being retained, you know, who are the newcomers, who are the new faces that we're going to see this season on the field, who are starters and all of that. Um, but we'll start with, I think one of the biggest, there's a lot of question marks obviously around this team because, you know, new coaches, new schemes, new systems, uh, new players leading the way. Um, So this, this whole year is just, we don't really know what to expect. You know, the spring game, you know, we're never really going to see what the whole offense is going to be like, or the whole defense is going to be like, but you know, there's just a lot of unknowns going into the first game, you know, second, third, whatever you want to call it of what this team is going to look like, how they're going to mesh, how they're going to flow, what we're going to see out of them going forward. Um, And obviously, you know, uh, I think the biggest thing that we had talked about was, you know, there's the the returning aspect, especially uh, the wide receiver room. Um, We know that, you know, Casey and Jeff kind of had a good spring battle, but ultimately Casey transferred to Florida Atlantic. uh, It's now going to be the starter there, uh, announced a few days ago, but uh, you know, Jeff Sims is now the quarterback, uh, the face of the franchise, if you want to call it face of the team. And, you know, typically that's any quarterback in Nebraska is you're always going to be the model face of what the team is for any Nebraska team going forward. And, you know, we've heard a lot of good things about Jeff Sim, um, just his, uh, really only the stats that we have to go off of is, you know, just his year at Georgia tech. Um, but you know, they, Matt rules talked about a lot throughout spring, uh, spring and fall camp that, He's, you know, he's doing really well. Um, You know, they're meshing. The guys really love uh, playing with Jeff Sims. Uh, His offensive line loves him, which is, you know, what we also need. Don't
2: forget real quick, though, is that the most important thing about Jeff Sims, especially today, and especially if you're a Nebraska native, Mm -hmm. is that he announced, or sorry, Amigos announced the partnership with Jeff Sims for NIL. (laughs) What and a I money thing. what a perfect thing you can't you can't write it but you can't write nebraska better. no almost better than that the next one needs to be runza for right. somebody but regardless and that's that's, that's just
0: that's another example of being that face is you know unless you are really a true diehard husker fan uh that kind of knows the team inside and out an average college fan is not going to be like well who's this offensive lineman, you know, doing an NIL deal with, you know, amigos versus if you're the quarterback at any, you know, top brand school, you're gonna be like, oh, I know that's the quarterback at Nebraska doing, you know, an IL deal with a restaurant or something like that to an average college football fan. So that's amigos just another is
2: about to get so much money. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're that's gonna
2: just... get so much business as soon as that thing comes out. Right.
0: <laughs> um so we've heard a lot of good things about him. I think the biggest question mark of the QB room is you know your backup quarterback position, you know Matt Rule really hasn't set a definitive number two, number three uh, between uh, Chuba, Purdy and Heinrich Harbaugh. Um, You know he said both of them are have been really good. You know uh, Heinrich's more of the runner, Chuba's more of the passer, but you know both have shown aspects of both uh, abilities. And that's also another question mark about Jeff Sims in the offense is you know. How much are we going to see a quarterback run this year? Are we going to see, you know, the running back room do more of the load? Is Jeff's going to be more of a passer? Are they going to mix it up? And and that's why just having the backup position at Nebraska is definitely, as we've seen over the years, is we've never really have had a fully healthy starter at quarterback throughout the entire season without him getting hurt or being out a couple of games. So that's just that's a, just another big question mark on this. The offense is what are we going to see? Are they going to be more conservative with Jeff so that, you know, when we need him, uh, you know, we can break him out of a shell versus, you know, Oh, we're going into this game. needing a win, but you know, our starter got hurt a couple games ago because all we did was run them. So uh, that's also just kind of the, you know, who are we going to see a backup? You know, who's going to be the first person to come in if Jeff is hurt or if he needs a break or anything like that. Um, so, and you know, if, both really have had little experience. You know, I know the game that we saw of Chubba last year was blah. And that could be just, you know, that's, it's hard to chalk up to this one performance. Is that really how he is? Is that just how Scott system, Mark Whipple system, Mickey Joseph system, all of that worked like that. So it's hard to say like, Oh, that's exactly what Chubba Purdy is like. Um, But you know, Matt rules talked a lot about him this spring and said, they're both really, they both can really be tied at number two for a backup quarterback. But um, you know, we're gonna get a depth chart sometime this week, and you know, we're really gonna see who's number two and number three. Um, and that, that, especially, goes for the running back room. Um, you know, he he made it clear earlier this week that Gabe Irvin's gonna be the number one running back right now, going into the season. Um, you know, our we love saying Anthony Grant, we love Anthony Grant. Uh, but I mean, I appreciated how honest Rule was when he said, you know if he's just been fumbling a lot in camp, you know, you just can't have that on this team. And, you know, it's, you can look at it like, Oh, why is he calling out a single player, uh, during his press conferences? Or you could look at it as, you know, he's probably talked to Anthony personally, um, you know, out of the media shadow about his problems, but it's also you're keeping your guys accountable. And hopefully that's just kind of like a wake up call to Anthony. It's like, okay, I need to work on this. I need to get better. So I can be that number one starter. I can be that fill in of if Gabe gets hurt or anything like that. Um, but that's just, that's how I think that had how he's handled that so far. And that, you know, Ramirez is going to be the number three, more of a third down passing option or blocking option. But you know, I kind of my opinion is I think it's just going to be whoever has the hot hand that we could practice or who's had the hot hand during the games of who's going to lead the backfield. Um, Because it's really we've seen kind of, you know, over the past couple of years, flashes of all three guys that have been really good when they've been the starter uh, between Gabe, Anthony and Ramir. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's more of a wait and see of how they are going to play out when they are the starter when they are taking more of the 20 plus reps a game type thing. And yeah, that might, that might be the reality of Nebraska's year. We might be seeing them run 40, 50 running plays a game, Um, especially, you know, rule introducing that fullback option of we just might see a lot more runs this year. If we're going to keep Jeff Sims healthy and, you know, not run him as much and just keep him passing. But uh, at least for the backs right now, that's kind of my, My two cents, my two thoughts on, you know, Jeff Sims, your clear starter. Gabe Irvin has been made the clear starter. How is that going to play out? Are we going to see mixes of the running backs, um, depending on who's hot? And that's both good and bad. You know, you could have your running backs and then your passing backs, but you don't also want to become predictable at the same time. You want all your backs to do both those options. Um, So that's what I'm hoping, like, you know, he says, like, if Vermeer's a third back, third down running back option. I mean, the defense is going to be like, oh, Ramirez in the game. They're probably passing the ball so that he either he's going to pass or catch the ball out of the backfield or run block, essentially. So with that, uh, you two just want to jump in. Uh, Your thoughts, you can go into receivers, offensive line, you know, just kind of keep going on from there. But uh, that's kind of your update for the
1: backs right now on offense of what it's going to be. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and jump in and say that. Hopefully, that I think that running back situation is going to be kind of a three headed attack. Um, mm-hmm. I until we or until Rule kind of gets his own guys in there, kind of can establish his own schemes and things like that, and get you know a top dog, like a one or two mm-hmm. type top guys in there. I think we're going to see a bit of a rotation. Uh, unless Gabe Irvin just kind of comes out and uh, which I mean i've seen some pictures of him on social media circulating He <laughs> looks pretty big, so uh wouldn't surprise me if uh we see some some uh taking the lead there from Gabe Irvin. but mm-hmm. i think I think it'll be pretty close, and like you said, just riding the hot hand uh, mm-hmm. at that time we'll we'll get some random Ramierness. Mixed in there, um, <laughs> I, I, I know yeah. we all love that. <laughs> if he's a third down option, then yeah, it'll be random yeah. Ramirez.
2: You know what? I, I would like to point out. I hope we don't get random Ramirez <laughs> because the thing is, is we always mentioned like why is why is he coming in now? Why is this a thing? Because the one uh, the one thing that I'm taking from the running back room specifically for mm-hmm. me is like this reads to me like running back by committee, mm-hmm. you know, the old mm-hmm. RBBC. Nothing wrong with that. Granted college isn't necessarily usually set up to do that as much. You know, usually you have a clearly defined back that Mm -hmm. is going to be your, your workhorse. But in this case, I don't think it's a bad thing. I I think running back by committee will a hundred percent be helpful, but we'll see. But anyway, back to your point, Nate.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's, I agree. I think that's something right now that we need and especially with just the luck we've had injury-wise, trying to keep everyone healthy, <laughs> mm-hmm. making it through a season, I think, uh, just giving everyone a spell and uh, giving everyone a chance, at least, early on in the season, first couple games, see how they just adapt to uh, new schemes and everything and mm-hmm. how they how they actually come out and play when it's uh, game time. So I think that'll be really interesting to see. That'll be really Really fun battle to watch between uh, those three guys. And then uh, just QB-wise, yeah, Jeff Sims, starter. Um, I don't think he has a whole lot of competition <laughs> compared to last, or just uh, comparison from last year. I don't know that uh, Chubba or Harbaugh are necessarily going to be uh, gunning for his job. But uh, who knows? Maybe chubb has been working with his uh, brother over the off season, learned a few things. But who was <laughs> we'll I think maybe it's set, just named but... the starter? I think. Yeah, I think so. I saw. Uh, I think Darnold was uh, named, named the backup actually. and yeah. behind
0: in front of Trey Lance. So yeah, I mean that's mm-hmm. by default Brock is going to be the starter. But I that's would
2: love, <laughs> I would love for us all to be proven wrong too. Like I'd love for yeah. both of them to come out and ball out and have a legit not a QB competition. Like we need a, we need a starter Mm -hmm. and I'm sure Jeff Sims is the starter, but on top of that, I'd love to see where like all three QBs are playing at such a good level that yes, Jeff Sims is the starter, but that's not a guarantee come next week. Mm -hmm. And I do think, I do think there are options there. I think, I think it's possible. I I think having (laughs) call me crazy. I think calling, having a legit QB coach uh, Mm -hmm. this year will help. And I do think, again, having Matt Rule and his his level-headedness and with his, I don't know, with his demeanor, he just seems like he'll be able to get the best out of um, players. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's me. <laughs> I guess I don't know <laughs> if you guys disagree. I mean, I agree 100% that no, Justin is the starter, but I yeah. do think we can see some actual uh, some rise in talent from the other two. Mm. and. I don't think it's impossible. I I think it might be a far stretch. I won't deny that, but I don't think it's impossible.
0: And and rules made that clear is, you know, there's a tie for basically number two. So, you know, we just have to trust this word of they're playing well, that they're competing well. And, you know, they're giving Jeff Sims a a quote unquote competition. Obviously we know, you know, he's the starter, but. The question there
2: is just how big is the spot between first and second. Second, right. And that's,
0: (laughs) and that's just, you know, Obviously, the coaches know more than what we do. They are practicing, seeing these guys every single day. So you just have to go off his word till we see it on the field. And yeah, that's basically that point. But uh, any other points there, Nate? Or we'll go right into the receiver tight end portion or receiving backs, I guess. Yeah, see,
1: go ahead and jump right in there.
0: Yeah. I think that's about, uh, about all I got on the backs. But uh. So I think if there's any... To me, and you guys might feel the same way too. I think the biggest question mark on the offensive side right now is the wide receiver room. And would agree. We, yeah, Xavier Betts came back. He worked, you know, took twenty-one credit class hours this sumo- summer just to get back on the team and I got in the good graces of the staff, rule all of that. And then I, it was like a week or a couple of weeks ago that you know he just said his heart wasn't in football, just stepped away again. It's just. You know, you can't blame a guy for that. And it's, it's hard to see him work that hard to try to get back and get there. And that, you know, he just, at the end of the day, just doesn't feel like he's ready to play football. And so that just takes away a veteran experience in that wide receiver room because outside of that, from last year, you basically Marcus Washington. Well, coming and back. That's,
2: and bets would have been great to have there. Yes. I mean, he's
0: a speed threat
2: because with how much, with how much extra, question marks we have this year and i mean this whole year and we Mm -hmm. said we said this before we even started recording is Mm -hmm. that this whole this whole episode is going to be this whole episode year whatever put you know put the timing in there is going to be a giant question mark is Mm -hmm. we could be good we could be terrible we don't know and the thing is is like we have so many question marks across the board specifically on the offense Mm -hmm. we'll get to the defense later but i think I'm spoiler alert. I think our defense might be our strongest unit this year.
0: And I would agree with that. But again, we get we'll get there.
2: Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when it was announced that bets was leaving the team, the two things I noticed from that was one, everybody was shocked because, mm-hmm. you know, um, or I should say three things. One, everybody was shocked Two, um, that again, rule was upfront and honest. And he basically said, yeah, bets came to me today and said, my heart's not in it. And, Wish him the best. And I I, I want to say that not that our previous coaches going many years back have never mm-hmm. said anything bad about the players, but I think it says a lot when a player who was destined to be a starter this year, mm-hmm. no questions asked, mm-hmm. and was working to come back and play as well as he was probably going to play on a very big question mark of a team. Um says a lot on what the coaches were wanting and expecting from him, and he still wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. That says a lot to how the coaches are being with the players. And then three, all of the coaches, outside of just Rule, uh, I think, uh, is it Satterfield? Is that his last name? Yep. The, the OC. Mm-hmm. He even came out and said, yeah, that room's getting a little thin. We're going to have to mm-hmm. get guys to step up. The one thing I will say I've noticed across the board with all of these guys is that they're honest. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, mm-hmm. nobody's setting unreal expectations. Mm-hmm specifically in the vein of <laughs> we're going to make the big 10 adapt to us. That did yeah, let's not not, that let's did not, not age revisit well. that. <laughs> and at the time, you know, at the time the big 10 adapting to us, it was a great, you know, rally cry. I, you right. know, we all loved it. We did. And if there's any Nebraska fan that was watching that, that heard that, and they say, Oh, I didn't love that. You might be lying to yourself just a little bit. Everybody right. loved that. It was a bit cocky. But, you know, again, I, I think there is a lot to be said that there is a lot of honesty coming out of the, the team now. And mm-hmm. so this, just going back to, you know, the wide receivers and the tight ends and such, there's a lot of question marks there. And I, yeah. I, think, I think how they respond to having to step up and having to play in positions that they're new at or, mm-hmm. you know, like th- this might be – we might see some people that this is their first year in college playing – you know, starting, um, it could be good. It could be great. It could be terrible. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But like, the thing is, is we have to put as fans, we have to put the faith in the coaches to say they're going to be ready. They might not be totally ready as, as bets would have been, but I I think I admittedly have a little more confidence that there's going to be at least somewhat a modicum of being ready compared to what we had previously. But again, I, um, I am forever the optimist. So I will say that I will, yes. I am always forever the optimist. So I will pass back to one of you guys. I just, I didn't uh, there.
0: Yeah. I mean, just cause then you look at the who's left, um, you know, at that, you know, they're expecting Billy camp, the uh, Virginia transfer to be the starter uh, rightfully. So, and a lot of good things have come out of camp about him as well. You know, then you go down the line of Marcus Washington, who, hopefully might be ready by game time. I know he had uh, a little hand injury over the camp and they said he's, you know, practice limited practice right now. So we might see him next week. We might see him very limited next week. We might not see him at all. So that's also thin right there too. But then you look at who's left. Well, Isaiah uh, Garcia Castaneda, you know, we played three games last year before he left the team came back. So also notable,
2: also notable that he came back.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, quote unquote, you could say experience coming back, but he played three games and then I, who knows what he did when he left the team, if he even did workouts, do, who knows what he did when he left the team. Um, so in a sense, that's a familiar name that comes back, but that you got three game of experience that he came back from last year. So, and then outside of that, I mean, you're looking at your freshmen and sophomores and people like everybody else to step up, you know, we might see Malachi Coleman, uh, some at some point this season. I know they're really high on uh, Joshua Fleeks, the Baylor transfer, and we. I don't know. I don't know if there's any issue with his waiver yet, or I maybe there's something wrong with that. Or that's Gilbert,
2: just, the tight end. That,
0: yes, okay, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, outside of that, a lot of these other names are your freshmen and sophomores that you know these coaches might have to ask them to step up because if one of those, I mean, barring any injuries in the wide receiver room, you're already thin there, like they all said, and. You know, I know they joked about, like, you know, can Fedoni be moved a receiver? And I don't think I think rule said like, no, that's not an option right now. But you know, that's, I mean, if you're having to ask those questions, it's, and even if it's a joking way, like, you kind of know that that room is already thin. Um, and yes, I mean, speaking of the Fedoni too, as far as we know, he's healthy. We haven't heard really anything that he's not healthy and not ready to go. So, one of our and, two glass cannons on the team. Yes, yes. <laughs> And, you know, if he's not ready to go, uh, I know Berkutcher is probably going to be a top tight end. He, you know, played really well last year, and um, hopefully they're going to use him a lot. But also, you know, if rules out a fullback, is he thinking, you know, one of your younger tight ends is going to be kind of molded into a fullback type guy? Or are they just going to throw, you know, Anthony Grant in the backfield, Gabe Urban as the fullback?
2: <laughs> ah, Based yes, the classic two running backs.
0: In the back room? <laughs> um, but... You know, they really haven't had a designated full position, so you just kind of go and assume it's going to be one of the tight ends that gets moved to fullback. But, you know, that room, assuming... I I mean, I'm really high and bullish on that room. If they stay healthy, that the tight ends can be very useful either blocking or receiving targets for this year. But again, assuming that they're all healthy and Fedoni can actually play this year. But I think they have a really good chance to... Be one of the more standout position groups on the team, and really help us when we need them to.
2: Fedoni is also looking huge. I
0: was yes. going to say Fedoni e- and Gabe Irvin are off yes. the Nebraska
1: beef train. This, right. summer, yeah, which is another
2: <laughs> thing. Our strength and conditioning coach, and that's another like overall point, is that the strength and conditioning seems to have taken not a turn. Um, one of the big things that has come out, like news-wise, is that a lot of players are noting that you know they've gained weight, but it's muscle or they've gained weight, a lot yeah. of quickness or whatever. And it's like, it appears that our previous staff was so focused on, you know, getting big and beefy mm-hmm. and not, not getting quick. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, would see a lot of like linemen and stuff that, you know, they were the biggest dudes that get off the bus. And then, um, uh, you know, they were half a second late, which mm-hmm. half a second in football is huge. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: Wait, you know, wait. Are you bringing up that old Texas Mac Brown game there, Buckaroo?
2: <laughs> not on purpose, but, you know, <laughs> turns out. Um, now, I was also a second, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, with that, though, like, I, I think it, it's a testament to how serious they're all taking it. And so, mm-hmm. like, you've, you've had players that are like, oh, yeah, like, we're quicker this year. We're bigger this year, but mm-hmm. we're... But they're also like, I don't remember, there was some some player I saw on Twitter and they did a comparison from last year to this year and I can't remember who it was, but it was a lineman. And the guy went from, you know, I don't want to say fat because he was way, you know, he's still in shape, but he was definitely like a big, big hefty guy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's like, I lost 20 pounds, but am, you know, lifting 50 pounds more or whatever it was. And you could just right. tell. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's a totally different mindset. And mm-hmm. I am excited to see how that pays for us because one yeah. thing I think we've all noticed outside of skill groups is that our, our guys that, you know, up front are just, they weren't fast. I think they will be now. I think there's going to be huge. Yeah. I think and, it's gonna huge, pay huge dividends
0: and p- piggyback off that point. Nate, you can, you know, you get kind of interrupt kinda us at all any all point. Yeah. I know too, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, speaking of the line, it, this is like the most, experienced group you've got returning from the offense is mm-hmm. the majority of your line is back. The only retained coach is your experienced coach on the staff that has had big 10 coaching experience for at least a year, but he's your most experienced coach that's retained right now. So I'm, this is his I'm, make
2: or break here. Yeah. Too.
0: And I'm, I'm kind of bullish on the offensive line too. I do think, you know, there's, there is going to be an improvement, how much, what that's going to look like. It's tough to say right now but I do think we are going to see some sort of an improvement from the offensive line this year just from uh everybody that's returning it you know uh Berhaska had a little injury but it sounds like he's going to be good to go by uh next him week and game. Marcus Washington
2: are officially back as of I think today yeah. or yesterday like they're they're full go so so
0: I mean getting him back is huge and I, I, that's. I'm really. I, I think they're going to make an improvement. Like I said, how much, how, what that's going to look like, I don't really know right now. But I do think we are going to see an improvement from the offensive line, and that's going to pay dividends, especially if you know our wide receiver room is thin. You know, rule might just be we might see more of the running game this year. I'm just, I'm kind of prepared for that of what we're going to see out of the offense. I think we're going to see a lot more runs right now. So you run the ball, people, gonna be very happy about that. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, that would be me, by the way, I run the ball, people, run the ball, people. (laughs) So, but I I think that's how the offense is going to look.
2: Maybe, maybe you don't agree, Andy and Nate, maybe you, (laughs) maybe you, uh, maybe you disagree. You can hop in here too. Um, I'm still as, as much as I think our offensive line is going to take a step forward. I'm still nervous. (laughs) I I totally (laughs) agree. Yeah, because I don't
0: know what that's going to look like. But in terms I... of, of what position group on the offense is going to probably be improved or look better from previous years, I think it's going to be the offensive line. And that's solely based on just who is coming back and your retained experience coach coming back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I trust our offensive line as much as I trust our tackling, which is actually uh, negative. I, I don't trust it at all. Um, so <laughs> hey, they said they've be... been working on it. <laughs> so do the other guys. <laughs> um, but uh, like you said, there's a lot of experience returning on the offensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get uh, Norton Newley, however you pronounce his name, uh, coming mm-hmm. back from his suspension, so be good to have him back um there's there's a potential there uh mm-hmm. Rayla, uh i know matt rule has a lot of praise for him just kind of the intensity with which he coaches mm-hmm. uh, the way he coaches and has been able to kind of get these guys up to speed and if even if we just take a modest jump forward um in the uh injury department and in the just overall conditioning department i think that could be a group that is leaps and bounds better than mm-hmm. it has been, and so it'll be exciting to see. And if I mean, really, the offense for us comes out of the offensive line. We've struggled to be able to keep Casey Thompson uh, from getting knocked on the ground alive. Yeah, <laughs> Adrian
2: Martinez also. And you like... you
1: can't really have a running game if uh, you're allowing the defense mm-hmm. to be in the backfield within the first couple of seconds. So I think if we're able to take us that step forward, even if it's just a small step, I think we could see some really great improvements on offense. Um, I think mm-hmm. the athletes are there in the skill maker positions. And so if we can just actually give our playmakers a chance to get the ball, I, I think that opens up a lot of avenues for us to have success going forward. So, mm-hmm.
2: well, we've kind of, we've kind of maybe, I don't want to say beat a dead horse, but you know, we've talked a lot about the offense, but I feel like the defense is being left out. And I know that we, we, I know Andy and I have said it. Maybe, Nate, you agree, disagree. Um, I think the defense is the unit that uh, should be definitely discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest question mark there, I think, isn't so much the the talent. I think we've got a lot of talent. I also mm-hmm. think Tony White is a great defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, after we announced him, you know, if you go back and watch, he was at Syracuse, is that right?
1: Correct.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Syracuse made some pretty 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 good jumps. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I have nothing but praise for Tony White based on just what he's done in, in terms of accolades getting here. Um, and also, like you guys said, you know, rule. And I understand a lot of this is head coach speak when they say it. But you can kind of tell, I think, when a coach is being genuine that they really, really appreciate what a guy does. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that they also said is that um, a lot of these position coaches and a lot of the coordinators rule has said, hey, go do your thing. He doesn't want to oversee it. He says, I I have faith that you're going to do what you want to do, which is where the 335, you know, it's what Tony White Mm -hmm. runs as a defense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that are not familiar with it, me included, I'm not a defensive guru. I I don't know necessarily anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Rule said, Hey, if that's what you want to run, do it. And he gave him the reins and said, you know, I am the I'm the guy at the end, I'm the guy that makes the decisions at the end of the day. But he's he hired him for a reason. Right. And he Gave him the reins and basically said, "Hey, I don't want to make, I don't want to make this my defense and my offense. I want to make this our team." And that's another big key thing that we found throughout rules, you know, press conferences and stuff. Is he has said multiple times, and even um, Marcus Satterfield and Tony White have said the same thing. They're like, "Hey, this is our defense. This is our offense." You know, mm-hmm. they're all owning it. You know, as as they're one team. And every, everything, it's just, it's, you know, chugging the roulette, I understand. But, like, they're checking off these boxes of, like, there's accountability across the board. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you see all the things from their practices, too. Um, but I think we've got so many good returning talent players for the defense that I think, I, I don't think we're necessarily going to be the greatest defense ever. Mm-mm. And I'm not expecting that. There's going to be bumps, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, with Luke Reimer coming back and uh, Gifford and is it Henrich or Heinrich? Heinrich. Okay. Heinrich. Yep. I always Heinrich. Get, I, it's going to be all year that I'm going to get that wrong. So just <laughs> FYI, we have a good experienced group on defense. Mm-hmm. And I think with the, the way that, um, you know, the coaches are, they're coaching their guys, but the, the, you know, Matt rule is giving these guys their, their rope. And saying mm-hmm. here you go, go do your thing. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of uh, good things to be had there. Um, yeah, I mean i I am personally a fan of the linebacker group because that's what I played in high school. Right. Um, whether I played good or not, <laughs> if anybody <laughs> knows how I played when I was in high school, go ahead and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think we've got a really really good group. Um, just Mm -hmm. in the backer spot. Um, I'm really excited to see what that team or what that, what that position group does. Right. uh, You know, I'll open it up for you guys because defense, I think is going to be our strong suit this year. Yeah,
0: And that's, you know, that's counterpoint to that is I think the question mark for me is just that defensive line. Um, You know, you lose Garrett Nelson, you lose a couple other guys to the draft last year. And, you know, that's, you know, the, how, you know, if you want to look at how a three-three-five defense is run, you know, TCU ran it last year. Um, so it's like, it's just a lot of skill, athletic, fast guys um, is basically, and you can scheme it, you know, any which way uh, that you want to, but the majority of it is you have a lot of skill backers and secondary that kind of fill in the gaps after that. And, you know, you still, you still want your front guys, your defensive guys to be pushing the line around, but, um, you know, if you exactly have it set up as a 3 and you have you know, five offensive linemen, you know, you got to hope that your defensive linemen are pushing through a double team for most cases, but you know, we'll see how it is set up. But um, you know, Ty Robinson's the main returner on the defensive line of a name that most people would know. And outside of that, I mean, you Elijah Judy, the A&M transfer. um, And then really it's a lot of just other no big names that uh, we've heard of. So (laughs) I've
1: heard uh, Cameron Lenhart's actually been making some noise. He's, Freshman on a right list now. for uh some all-american mm-hmm. type freshman team yeah. so
2: reimer also know. got put on a watch list of some yes. form um but i mean there you go we got two people that are already right. being named to these lists so mm-hmm. and
0: that's and that's kind of where my question mark comes in is too, is you know are you going to see more of the linebackers kind of fill in those gaps and play some more edge positions to help out with the defensive line things like that but you know we don't I can't really speculate on what Tony white's going to run until we actually see it in person. Um, But that's why it's good that we have that experience at the linebacker and secondary position is we have a lot of returning talent. That's going to be helpful for experience for kind of, you know, learning a new system is always going to be, you know, a little bit of an overhaul change and adapt. But, you know, when you have experienced guys that have, you know, you're just not throwing them into their first game ever, you know, they're able to adapt and, Learned from that and everything so that's my question mark on defense is just what the line is gonna how who's gonna emerge besides you know hopefully ty robinson
2: and i think it's key what you said there too because that's been talked about too with with tony white on his like after practice conferences Mm -hmm. is that you know people have asked like well how are you going to implement the 335 because it's totally new from what some of these guys Mm -hmm. are playing and he straight up said like yeah i might generally run a 335 but that's not that's not a guarantee. That's not what I'm always going to run. He's, he basically said that his defense is fluid. Like there's probably, you know, there's probably, you know, a framework, I guess that he lives out right. in, but yeah. you know, his defense isn't strictly, it has to be three, three, five. He mm-hmm. straight up said that, you know, he might move guys around and it might not mm-hmm. necessarily be a three, three, five. It might be a three, whatever, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna move it around to where he can get guys in the best position he can. Mm-hmm. And that again, to me is, kind of a key thing because it's he's playing to the strengths of the players at that point rather than being so hard nosed like this is what we have to run and you have to play this position like no he's trying to set them up for success what scares me is that if this all works in the next couple years we're going to be shopping for new coordinators again right here before too long (laughs) and and that's like darn it you know it's the The, damned if you do damned if you don't I won't be upset if we get there it's going to be like darn
0: because the hope at that point is, you know, Nebraska is contending for championships again. If that, if other people are trying to poach your coaches at that point, so, you know, that's that's the trade off. Is yeah, you don't want your coaches to leave for for doing well, but if they are leaving because they're getting poached, is because Nebraska is doing something well at the same time. And also,
2: that. coaches will want to come here too if they're yeah. doing mm-hmm. well. So, right. there's, you know, again, damned if you do,
0: damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. But, but. Uh, throw it over to Nate for the secondary. I made a lot of returning names with that. The biggest, yeah. <laughs> biggest one you lose there is, uh, you know, Miles Farmer started, I think, 11 games last year.
1: Yep. Losing Farmer is going to hurt. He's, what, going to Syracuse now? Syracuse. If I yep. Yeah. Who so, was
0: uh, our former secondary coach went to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So yep. I
1: don't remember yep. who that was, but that's the tie for that. That
2: was Fisher, wasn't it? Travis oh, Williams. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Travis Fisher. Yeah. Do, yep.
1: So. But I mean, we still have some guys, you know, that are, I think, are going to step in. We got, uh, like you mentioned, we got Hartzog, we got Buford, Tommy Hill uh, has been mm-hmm. s- transitioning into that role. Um, mm-hmm. Phelan Sanford, I think, would mm-hmm. be an interesting name going forward. Yep. Heard that uh, one from, a lot, too. From Benkelman. He's, uh, yep, back from my neck of the <laughs> <laughs> it'd it be interesting to see uh, to watch a so guy that lives in california <laughs> 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 my former neck of the woods um, sir <laughs> but no I think uh it's a lot like kind of our backers there's a lot of a lot of experience a lot of uh, just good athletes that we'll have uh, mm-hmm. in those positions and especially if we're going to be primarily at least running a 335 I think that's going to uh, bode well for us just mm-hmm. knowing that we have those guys that are going to be able to step into those positions and have at least some experience um, I think there's going to be probably some some new faces we'll see along the way but um, overall there's a lot of a lot of returning faces, a lot of experience there that's going to I think lead to some good things there um, mm-hmm. I yeah as you guys mentioned I think our defense is going to be probably our best group it's It'll be uncertain with the transition to the new scheme, but I think the experience will carry us a long ways as long as we can learn how to tackle. Yes. That yeah, still scares that me. I, and Your biggest stipulation. <laughs> there have just been still some videos out of practice where you just – you watch it and you're like, oh, wow, our offense is doing, wait a minute, that's just the defense <laughs> not doing their job. That's the like, worst so...
2: part about those hype videos that they're releasing lately, is that yeah. like you see a really good offensive play, and then the first thing that comes to your mind because we're Nebraska fans is not, <laughs> what a great play, it's, was our defense really bad there? Yep. Do off- you right want to tackle Gabe
0: Urban as he is right now?
2: <laughs> I don't want to tackle anybody as he is there, right
0: now. So, no.
2: <laughs> of course not.
1: But that being said, I have heard too that our defense has been winning a lot of the practices as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, kind of that double edged sort of. Is no, our, I, is I, our I, offense I not of. great or is. Um, but uh, I, I think we can, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll be shaking some of that doubt off in a little over a week here. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be seeing just kind of where everything's at we will have a better idea of what this team really looks like and what they can do on the field. And I don't know that's, that's exciting. (laughs) I
2: think what you just said, Nate, though, speaks to, um, what we touched on earlier though, where like, Oh, is like the defense doing this good or is the offense doing good? I think, I think it's kind of well known at this point that like the defense is the, the workhorse side of the ball for us this year not because the offense can't do it. It's just there's so much question there at offense. It's like, you know, I think I think they're kind of hoping that the defense is the one that's going to carry them because the offense has so many questions until they can start to gel throughout the year. Mm-hmm. It's like the defense is the one that's going to have to be like, hey, like we need to put kind of like was that last year, two years ago under Frost, where like our defense was clearly the better unit. It because was we had six years. That was, was <laughs> yeah. that last year? It was the three, three. and nine season. Two years no, ago. It was two years ago. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, like our defense was clearly better than our offense, but you know, it still didn't really amount to anything, but right. I, I think, I think we're kind of in that scenario again. I think the, the good news is, is that the way you can rank it to me is that it's, you know, our defense and this is, this is how I'm saying it in the terms of Nebraska team. Uh, it's, Defense great, offense good, and then special teams I think might be like the biggest might be the biggest question mark just because <laughs> you don't really ever see anything <laughs> about it in terms of Un- like
0: punting should be the same. I mean, we Bushini's back, so I mean he had a couple bad punts, but overall was more consistent.
2: And I mean Ed Foley, the coach, is speaking very highly. He's uh I don't know if you guys caught this by the way, but Matt Rule has also said that like um risking it and going for specific things uh for special teams like um trying to return oh that's what it was trying to return a punt specifically yeah it's are like, we oh, it's gonna return to- kicks at all yeah it's just a- it's just easier yeah. to fair catch it that's what we did last year which understandably i think makes sense but <laughs> um you know ed foley the special teams coach has basically mm-hmm. said no like we're going to return the ball. Like he said, maybe not every time, but we're going to return the ball. Like, right. You know, you, yeah, you got to surprise feasible. the team somehow. Like mm-hmm. it's possible. Mm-hmm. We have the talent to do it. And he has said that too. It's like, we have the talent to do it. We just got to go out and do it. And so I also really like him as a coach. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's going to be a really good positive influence for the special yeah. teams, which has been, very questionable for Nebraska for a few years now. Yeah, and I think, I'm just hoping we can kick some field goals. And that's <laughs> and that's the biggest
0: question. That's the biggest question mark. Is you know you get the scholarship Tristan Alvano, uh, freshman kicker. Who uh, if you know anything about the Nebraska State High School Football Championship, uh, he played at West Side. He went five for five in that game with like a couple forty plus yard field goals. I think it was the state record for. Most vehicles in a state championship game, but you know, the next day they offered him a full ride to Nebraska, so it's kind of been a position battle between him and uh, Bleak Road from last year. Uh, I don't really know who's going to be the starter, I guess we'll find out on the depth chart when they release it. But uh, both have had good and positive, uh, good and bad notes uh, at a fallen training camp, uh, so yeah, it's. I don't really know who's gonna kick field goals. Like you said, Zach, I just want someone that's gonna. If we kick they third, can, they can kick the field goal, goal all they want. Win. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say they can kick the field goal all they want. I just want to. I just want to see him make it.
0: Yep. At, like if thirty yards or less, like I shouldn't have to be on the edge of my seat hoping that he makes it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I just thought of this the other day. Do you guys remember when we had like Alex Henry, and if it was like forty yards yeah. or more, and it was just like not worried about it. We just like, we had yeah. We
0: were super blessed with every kicker for like the <laughs> longest time, both kicking and punting. Like we'd never had to worry about a single thing. And then it just stopped. <laughs> Here's the year that we hope that that changes.
2: <laughs> we can say that now.
1: It's it's good though, that there's competition between, you know, kickers. I think mm-hmm. that'll, um, that's, it's good to see that they're gonna, I don't know, at least hopefully have a positive feedback loop there and work to make each other better. Or, mm-hmm. i mean yeah hopefully hopefully we find one that that uh knows how to kick <laughs> <But> if <laughs> they both all, figure it out you know it, this could all come back us. to
2: bite us in the butt too because it's like we love all the competition that means that we might have a solid set of guys <laughs> and it could be like oh no we still suck like we right. don't know but
1: god we can hope for the yeah. first yeah, and kicking is just such an enigma where there's just a lot of outside variables that can go into it, and you just gotta hope that whoever's doing it has the right head <laughs> on their shoulders. Yes, hopefully. I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Tristan Vono, kids. So yeah, um, hopefully he sounds can like it. in practice he's been nailing some pretty pretty long kicks and most of most of his mm-hmm. kicks. So
2: let's hope that stays.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, with that,
0: we'll kind of move into a a broader spectrum before we break down uh, our preview for the schedule of Nebraska's final records and everything of just kind of the college football landscape uh, as we know it right now. So it was kind of like a quiet off season until everything went up in smoke of people just (laughs) wanting to leave conferences for some reason. You know, I mean, we obviously saw it last year with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten and, you know. Oklahoma and Texas a couple of years ago saying that they'll go to the SEC eventually. But you know, there's like I think it would say that the start of this month or like the end of July that like Oregon and Washington, and you heard all those rumblings so of people are just like, peace out, we're leaving the Pac-12. Everybody's ditching the Pac-12. Uh, so RAP. conference realignment, yeah. RAP Pac 12 <laughs> after dark forever. Um It was fun while it lasted, but hey, they're still the Pack Four. They're still the Pack Four. four. (laughs) We're getting four West Coast teams, so it'll be Big Ten after dark, and it just won't feel the same anymore. Yep. Because then I'll be actually invested in those games because Nebraska will probably be playing in them now. (laughs) (laughs) I was invested before, but I didn't wasn't really invested where I had interest on the line. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's. That, and then, you know, this year starts the four-year squad uh, for the four new Big 12 schools of BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, I believe. That sounds right. Uh, starting the Big 12. So the Big 12 is going to have 16 teams until Oklahoma and Texas leave next year. But um And then, yeah, I think outside of that, you know, just everybody's ditching conferences. The Big 10 is going to look completely different next year with, 18 teams (laughs) for now. (laughs) Wild for now. Yeah,
2: this could this could still change.
0: Uh, We're gonna get the CBS music for Big Ten this year. Watching Rutgers and Maryland 2:30 (laughs) on Saturday (laughs) on CBS.
2: That's another thing. Is like Nebraska has so many like Mm -hmm. evening and afternoon games, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Like that's great, but it's just like, dang.
0: Yeah. What happened? And that's, and that's <laughs> you know, the that's just college football is kind of going into, it's going to be the SEC Big Ten versus everybody else at this moment. Um, SEC you know, Big, Big 12, Ten, rest. That's rest. rest. It's, <laughs> and, you know, the ACC Big 12, you know, they're doing what they need to do to stay afloat. But, you know, it's really going to be those two conferences versus everybody else. And yep. it's going to be who's going to, who's, it's going to be a brand game. It's going to be, well, we have the better brands in this conference than you do. That's kind of going to pull the markets to one of those two conferences now. And that's just kind of something that we have to wait and see how college football shakes up. But uh, with that, I think we're just kind of going into what we, and I mean, we could kind of preview the big 10 too, at this point of, you know, I think, the east you know you it's either going to be michigan ohio state or penn state um a lot of a lot of talk about penn state being really good this year so i you know i won't be surprised to either see them kind of tied for the conference uh standings in the east you know i could you know pulling out wins against ohio state and michigan every year is going to be pretty tough this might be the year they do it you know they might split those games they might lose all two games against those two but you know, Michigan top preseason favorite right now for the Big Ten, uh, followed by Ohio State, and then I think Penn State or Wisconsin's up there too. But Big Ten West is wide open. I've I i do not know what's going to happen. A lot of people think Wisconsin's going to be good, and I could see it, but you know they're overhauling their entire team. With I think Wisconsin system.
2: has the I think Wisconsin has the uh, veteran presence. That's what's going to help carry yeah, them. Yeah, and that's. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, you know, you can have that all you want, but you know, it's, you're, they're doing something completely different that they haven't done for like 20 years in. And that's like an air raid versus a I formation run the ball type team. And, you know, you can do that, but if your current recurrent, like retained guys are built for that kind of system, you kind of modify them to, you know, be a more, I guess, more athletic in a sense of you got to pass the ball. you got to be a skill position player to, you know, run that type of offense, uh purdue has a new head coach um yeah you know, the whole northwestern thing is we won't really get too much into uh, that i, I don't they, think we have to worry too much about yeah, northwestern this year yeah, and that's not, not to dog on the team there's
2: just there's a lot going on there there's a lot going on
0: there and they're going to be a bad football team anyways yeah um i'm a, i don't know about illinois you know you lose they lose chase brown they lose their two defensive top picks to the draft they their defensive coach went to Purdue to be the head coach, so I think their defense will probably take a little bit of a step back too. And I don't know what their offense is going to look like, but you know, you have uh, Bilamas, the head veteran coach, so he he's no he's going to know what to do there. I think I don't know. And then well, you Illinois have... is
2: being touted as like a favorite for the yeah for the West too. So it's it yeah. to me yeah. be it, my... it, it,
0: top. It's probably going to be between. I mean, I see I, them
2: or Iowa, honestly.
0: I, and I, Iowa, I think, is just the safe pick because, you know, there's, besides the whole gambling scandal, which doesn't really affect their team too much, but. um, It's right there. They can it's, do it there. I know. They can't do it here, so I get it.
2: I get it. Why not?
0: You sort of can't do it here. Just nah, not online. You know, not not right. online. But, exactly. Um, but, I mean, it's, you know, you've got the most retained college coach, right now the most active retained college coach in the Big Ten currently. Um I think it's they're just the safe pick just because you know what you're gonna get from Iowa. They didn't really have a lot of turnover. Uh they brought in JJ McCarthy who's probably gonna give them better passing options now. Uh so I think just from if oh, I had to pick, they needed it I mean I don't want to <laughs> pick Iowa but like my safe pick to win the West is just Iowa just because you kind of know what you're gonna get experience wise and it's probably you know, it's probably gonna come down to their last couple of games and I think their schedule is more favorable this year. I don't think they have I don't think they have either Ohio State or uh, Michigan this year. I think so, it still
2: kind of speaks though, just to like how they, crazy it is because like Nebraska could be
0: competing, not yeah. maybe
2: not necessarily for Big Ten championship, but they have
0: Penn State, but yeah, they don't have to play Ohio State or Michigan this year, which do. is that's very favorable to them. They do play so, Kansas though. At Candace, go light pole. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Um,
2: I do wonder, and I'm sure this will all come out soon. I mean, I I think they've already got kind of a framework idea, but I do wonder, like, how different with now 18 teams, potentially more coming in within uh you know the next year or two. How different, you know, some of these are going to. I mean, I'm sure a lot of what we know now in terms of like who we play, you know, regularly will stay the same, or at least stay relatively the same. But it'll be so interesting to me how it's gonna change just in general, because there's gonna be so many teams that are now in the Big Ten, or that will be in the Big Ten rather, that are gonna be different. They're gonna be new, that's gonna change up how we play. I think I think the whole pod system, I'm still not entirely I get the idea kind of, but you know, do you remember when we came out with
0: the two next two year schedules and then like two weeks later we added more teams for next year? (laughs)
2: exactly and it's like at what point like i we've joked about it like when we were talking back and forth whatever we've been doing it's like i can't wait for like five to ten years from now and they're like guys guys we got a genius system let's split all these teams up into different divisions and different conferences it's like we had that (laughs) why did we go away from it (laughs) we're gonna have have like a big
1: a big big eight like a a pacific (laughs) A Pacific 10, maybe? <laughs> maybe <laughs> an Atlantic Coast Conference could I'm be a division within our conference. I'm already
2: seeing them. They're just going to be like, all right, guys, we're going to name it the, let's see, PAC. Okay, and they're throwing darts at a board. Like, PAC 10. All right, and then Big 8. Oh, we got it. All right.
0: <laughs> It'll be these Pac-12 or these Pac-10 teams, but under the Big 10 name. So that'll be their division. And then however these, these eight schools, but under the Big Ten, so they'll joke, be the Big Eight.
2: <laughs> we joke about that. However, it's not going to go that way because that would make too much sense to go back to what right. didn't work. It's going to be worse. It's going to be.
1: It's going to be convoluted. like
2: the Pac-12 under Big Ten, like some I don't know, Big Twenty Four or something like whatever. <laughs> okay, we're we're done. We don't know anymore. But
0: yeah, uh, I think.
2: Thank God they don't make us, you know, let us make decisions. (laughs) That's 100% how I do it, dartboard. i would be like, we got it. We'll figure it out.
1: (laughs) I'm overall, I mean, I'm kind of torn by this whole realignment stuff because, I mean, it's exciting to be able to just get the opportunity to compete against teams like, you know, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Mm -hmm. Washington, and be able to just uh, see how we match up against them on a more consistent basis rather than just maybe we seem in a bowl game every four years or something mm-hmm. um, I it'll be good in that sense that it overall um it brings some interesting games to the forefront and then it will make teams or it'll force teams to be just more competitive overall but mm-hmm. i think in the big picture the realignment's Just not going to be good for college football. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's not even something's going to give.
0: You got the other four remaining schools left, and I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do.
1: Yeah, I thought I saw something today that like Stanford and maybe Cal were in talks, and SMU were in talks with this ACC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird how everything shakes out. I think ultimately. Uh, the, probably the structure as it is is going to collapse and there's going to be some sort of... At least for... I've heard or just read that there's rumblings that NCAA football could just be its own separate entity compared to like basketball and volleyball. Mm-hmm. Where it, that are a little more... You have games, a couple games every week that travel. You can't be going coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rutgers to UCLA... Friday night, and then back to uh, Maryland on Sunday or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's this is a feasible.
2: College basketball lives on that though, too. Like, yeah, college football kind of does. If anything, it's more for like the rivalries and stuff. But yeah, I don't call me you know gen z whatever at this point if you're older listening to this and like oh rivalries matter they do but at this point i think it's i I don't think it's as big of a deal anymore as it used to be at least in terms Mm -hmm. of the conference aspect of it i think the rivalries will always still be there it's just you know being that a bunch of these teams are leaving the conferences uh or joining different conferences it may not Mm -hmm. happen as much so but i don't think they'll ever necessarily go away
0: right and that's all Uh, of this is being down with football in mind and nothing else, you know, that there's not a second thought given to basketball, baseball, volleyball, you know, all all the other sports, just because they're not as big money makers as college football is uh, to the TV networks and everything. So that's, yeah, it's just we're it's not going to stop anytime soon until I we maybe think we're settled for a while. <laughs> I don't even know, <laughs> but yeah, we'll kind of jump into. Uh, looking ahead to Minnesota, looking our uh, the rest of the Nebraska schedule, given our predictions, of what we think. So uh, again, kind of just kind of going back to the team point of what we talked about earlier is, you know, going into this game is we don't really know what we're going to see from our team. We don't know. We have an idea of what Matt Rowe might want to do. and want what he wants the team to look like, but, you know, we really don't know until, you know, he puts the product on the field and we know, what it might look like. Um, we know that we're going to run a lot. We might pass a lot depending on our wide receiver health room. It's just, I'm I'm, I'm glad we get Minnesota early because they are a team that typically starts slow until they get later into the season. And then they kind of solidify themselves. So I'm glad we're getting Minnesota like right off the bat, right early, um, You know, it's always like, you know, you kind of want to warm up with your non-conference games before you get into conference play. But, you know, if you start with a conference game right out of the gate, you know, it's kind of Minnesota has no idea how to game plan for us because the only film they might have is the spring game. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) You know, um, so that's that's kind of the advantage for Nebraska is you. You kind of know what Minnesota's going to do because P.J. Fleck hasn't really changed the whole lot. You know that they're probably going to run and pound the ball, uh, even though they don't have Moe Ibrahim anymore. But, you know, Minnesota, he's been really good about kind of what's like Wisconsin has done is just getting a good running back in there to take the load over. So uh, you kind of you know what you're going to get from Minnesota, but he doesn't know what he's going to get from Nebraska because we don't we don't even know what it's going to look like. But, um, you know, it just first game jitters is always going to be a thing for all of us um but i think just going forward what i want to see from the game is you know limiting the mistakes just you know try not to do anything fancy at you know crunch crunch times like an onside kick when you're up two scores hey rule hasn't necessarily
2: rule hasn't necessarily rule he hasn't said that he won't do that
0: but he shouldn't do that. <laughs>
2: hey. You know, call it crazy, but a bunch of NFL teams did it this last year too. Now, did it ever work? No. But <laughs> the point still stands.
0: Were a lot of those coaches jobs on the line at the beginning of the season. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also no, but well, one might have been cuz wasn't McDaniel's at the Raiders. I think he might still be. He is still is with the Raiders. Yeah. So sure, I mean, But he is. I mean, that one, there was never a guarantee he
0: was going to make it through the year. So, but yeah. <laughs> not, um, the, not the point. You know, as I could go either way with this game, you know, I could go, I could see Nebraska coming out being confident winning the game. I could see them, you know, losing by a touchdown or two. And I think the spread right now is either seven, seven or seven half. and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, just, that's kind of what I expected it to be um, given that the history of Minnesota starting slow, plus you have the unknown of Nebraska. So um, if this was Scott's last team from last year, you know, I think that line's probably bigger advantage for Minnesota. Um, So I think just the unknown factor makes the line a little bit closer for Nebraska in terms of what, who the betters at least are, think there are, is going to win the game. So uh, I don't, Know if I have a prediction of the score in my mind at the moment. Um, maybe we'll I'll think of it as we circle back. But you know, just right now, edging just kind of towards Minnesota, uh, just because again, you get the unknown of Nebraska. But I don't think it's going to be a big kind of blowout that we would expect from a Scott team or anything like that going into first games of the year. So. Uh we'll pass it to one of you two. Just kind of your thoughts about what you want to see from the game, just going into the hopefully sinking the boat at PJ Fleck.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's I funny. think um yeah, what I want to see is just like you mentioned, limiting mistakes. I want to mm-hmm. see consistency, and I just want to see at least it, it doesn't have to be anything set in stone, but just an attempt to kind of set an identity and like This is going to be what Nebraska football is for the 2023 season. I want to see whether it be that smash mouth runner down his throat football, whether it be some sort of spread attack, whether it be just a physical defense presence. I just want to see us establish something and kind of right out the gate say, This is what Nebraska football is. This is what's going to be. Here we are, try and beat us kind of mentality and that's that's really what i want to see i want to see the guys come out there i want to see them you know give their all and just see where it goes from there i think that's mm-hmm. really all we can ask especially first game mm-hmm. um potential seems like it's it's there for us to have like i said at least a decent season but, i mean we'll go on <laughs> go a little more in depth on the um over under of what we're thinking for games total on the season but i mean mm-hmm. Feasibly, there's a road where bull game is not out of the question or anything. And so I think especially just coming right out the gate against a Minnesota team that, like you said, isn't going to have a whole lot of film on us. won't really know exactly what we look like or mm-hmm. uh, kind of how we're going to come out, I think is going to play to our advantage. And if we can come out strong against Minnesota, not even win, but just come out strong um, mm-hmm. and at least play with them. I think that's going to really set the tone for the rest of the season.
0: And, you, and you're right there. It's uh rule has also said, like, you know, Minnesota is going to come out and, you know, try to do the same thing to us. I mean, it's <laughs> you throw on a whole new team and a lot of these young kids into an experienced big 10 game right out of the gate. So it's definitely going to be just a, you know, man versus man type football game of you're throwing a lot of your new, new players just into the meat of what a big 10 game would simulate and be like for them. So, yeah, it's going to be a physical game for sure, especially if both teams are dead set on running the football. So that's going to be mm-hmm. just a game that's going to be won by the
1: Lions at the same time. Yeah, and I will say that the I know their what their quarterback, that Cali was because he came in once Tanner Morgan got injured against us. And, and played a lot better. Just, he was running all over us. That'll be something. We shouldn't have hurt Tanner <laughs> 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 But then they also have that uh, wide receiver, that I think Ottman Bell who's, yeah, yeah. I think on some pretty prestigious lists to have a decent season, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, even, a lot of things to be able or to have to key on, and it'll be it'll be a good Big Ten test for us to kind of see uh, where we're at um, early on the season and going into especially going into the next what two or three games there against your Colorado, Louisiana Tech, and Illinois. It'll be yeah, like I said, just a good kind of statement game to gauge ourselves for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm.
2: I would agree Um, for me. Uh, it, it kind of goes to what you guys have already said, and I'll just, you know, make it, make a quick little note here. But I think one thing that Minnesota does really well is they play what we know as big 10 football where like, you know, the first half, they might not necessarily look great. Just look at last year's game. They might not look the greatest, but then they, you know, they still play to their strengths. They they stick to what they know works, um, even if that means they, you know, have a couple fourth downs where they have to punt, and you know they they just they. I don't want to say they. I don't want to say they play safe. They play they play their their brand of football. Mm-hmm. And so then in the second half, the thing is, is that they come out and they do it again. And they really don't change a whole lot. They change some, you know. They might they might update a thing here or there, and you know they make some changes. Um, Then you finally see, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter. Then it all starts to click, and that's when it takes off, and that's where their game is won, you know. And that in that back half of the game, specifically that fourth quarter, that's where you know the real the the team that is playing to their strengths and playing well will win the game is the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter, Um, and Minnesota. You know, for everything that we don't like about them, they've done that well. Um, you know, if they're a well coached team, um, I, I don't care for PJ Fleck personally, but I can't say he's not a good coach. And that, um, I think
0: that's what Matt Rule wants to do is, you know, you, we, yeah, like you said, we give PJ Fleck so much crap because he's goofy, dorky kind of culture <laughs> guy. But, you know, his team and his players believe that. And I think that's what Rule wants to do too, no matter how tacky, goofy, dorky it is. As Once long work, as rule doesn't come out in. with
2: like a shuck the corn or something. I'll be. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> that, the yeah row the boat thing. Look. No, I'm, that would be you a know, bad look, but I will say obviously, Butter obviously the cob. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like you said, it goes to the culture thing. So, you know, maybe <laughs> that's what we get, but yeah. Um, I, I do think though, this is a, a lot of people were like, Oh man, I wish we could get a couple other games. You know, before that, mm-hmm. like, you know, our second, and third game, I don't remember our schedule off the top of my head. And I don't have it pulled up, but you know, they, a lot of people are like, Oh, I wish we could get some of those, uh, you know, tune up games or whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I like the idea of let's go out and let's play a, a big 10 rival might not be the right word, but I mean, Minnesota is probably one of our closest rivals if we had to name it's a our few.
0: it's our historically longest Rival in terms of big 10 teams we have played. We've played Minnesota the most historic wise out of any other big 10 team that Nebraska has ever faced. So there you go. There, there's what we needed. So I don't know uh, exactly how many off the top of my head, but I know they're the <laughs> most played big 10 team. Nebraska has ever played in history.
2: So, uh, there you go. Um, you know what? I I'll, uh, I'll fall on the sword first then. But like I said, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think, Minnesota will play good football. I think Nebraska will play good football. I think it's gonna be a tough game. Um gotta think here real quick. Uh, for me, I think I'm gonna go with uh 21 for Nebraska. I think Nebraska pulls out the win, honestly. Okay. Um I think uh I think twenty four twenty one is where I'm where I'm at. And I, uh, I think Matt Rule pulls out his first win, and
0: also shows a sign of life at Nebraska. Uh, you know, just kind of going off of that, um, I, I can. It's tough because I can see this going both ways. I can see this, you know, being exactly what the spread says for Minnesota. I could see this being a three-point, one-point victory for Nebraska. So, um, if I'm, I'm just gonna play it safe. I'm just you know, let's say 2817 Minnesota. Um, you know, I think it's gonna be a battle to the end, but you know, uh I think Minnesota just gets that extra experience uh and pulls out just what we what we know that an experienced coach and an experienced team can do kind of in crunch time when the games are closed is just be able just to do the extra little work just to get over that hump and win the game. So um you know, it's it's just so unknown of what the team, what the game is going to look like at the moment. But um, I'll kind of play it safe. I'll, you know, stay with Vegas. I'll stay with the betters. And
2: Boo. I know, I know,
0: I know. I, I always want to be wrong with these predictions, especially when I pick against Nebraska. But, you know, I also want to be right with my predictions.
1: <laughs> Boo. Um, yeah, I'm going to. I don't know. I'm going to deviate just a little bit because I'm just looking at like Minnesota seven and a half uh, favored by seven and a half over under is only forty four and a half. So they're expecting generally a pretty low scoring game. Um, I think (laughs)
2: shocker, a Big Ten game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna like I said, I'm going to deviate from that just because I think this could be one of those weirdo ball games where you know it's early in the season. Both teams are kind of tuning things up. Haven't you know had their whatever FCS team that they've hung 70 on. Um, So I think this could be one of those just kind of weird weird games. I don't know if I trust defenses yet to have a whole lot of traction, Um, but I'm going to go a little just higher scoring. I'm thinking somewhere 35-30 Nebraska. I, I think Matt Rule is going to... Not have his game canceled by um, thunder' Don't okay, say it. And I'll say we are that. going to ride into the sunset. One zero, moving into Colorado uh, on September whenever September sixth, I believe. 9th. 9th. There we go. Ninth. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Thursday game. You know. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> reminder for that game? If you don't already know, uh, third random. You know. TV network game, but Thursday night, August 31st, 7 o'clock on the main uh, Fox network channel. So big time network TV game there. So really great for Nebraska to be put on national brand right away <laughs> with a brand new head coach and team. I love it. We're not
2: Bring it on. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> at least uh, we are not at Ireland. That's so true, though. That's a that's a huge thing.
0: Yes. Um, and that's just. You know, I'm sure if it was Minnesota and, you know, Rutgers or Maryland or whatever, probably wouldn't be a thing. But the fact that Nebraska, you know, despite how bad they've been, you know, you still see the Nebraska football brand and you're like, oh, they're, you know, former blue blood trying to get back. there. like, you're going to, the TV networks know, like you're going to draw in fans to Nebraska games, no matter what TV network you're going to put them on. So that's just, you know, having that brand and that's, you know, winning is going to only exacerbate that and make that much larger and bigger. Uh, with that. But uh, quickly before we wrap it up, we'll kind of go through uh, just the overall season prediction of what we're feeling. Um, You know, what kind of what Nate said is, yeah, you'd rather start off with your non-conference games and Nebraska starts with two away games, you know, but you flip that, you look at it, it's like, okay, after that you get seven home games and you only have to go on the road three times after that, the rest of the season. So majority of your games after these first two road games is you get to play the next seven out of your 10 games at home, which is huge, especially for a team that's trying to get their feet on the ground and running. So so uh, I've, I could, yeah, like Nate said, there's easily a path to uh, a bowl game here. Um, you know, if Nebraska starts four and you know, I'll put my money out there is that they're making a bowl game because you can easily look at Northwestern as a fifth win. And then, uh, Purdue might have a setback down year, so that could be number six. Um, I don't know how Purdue good Maryland... Pete says no. Well, <laughs> he's scary, so <laughs> that's why he, he makes
2: the decisions. It's not the team; it's him. Purdue Pete says what's
0: um, up. I mean Mar- Maryland might be good this year, but you know that could be another win because that game's at home, sets so that's a slight advantage to Nebraska. Um, I don't know how Michigan State's going to be. Mel Tucker's kind of had a up and down year since uh, God. Who is their running back? Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Walker. Since Kenneth Walker left, um, he hasn't really been the same uh, coach and team. So that could go either way. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, if, if they're 4 0 heading to the Michigan game, I mean, well, if that's already a big noon kickoff. But just the hype around that game in general could be like what Oklahoma was last year and they get boat raced. <laughs> but, um, you know, I. I think most betters have Nebraska at five and a half or like the six and a half win total, uh, which is it's it's basically a push because I could see them easily winning seven games as a ceiling. I could easily see them winning three, <laughs> you know. Um, but I will I will be bold. I'll do six and six as my uh, season prediction here. That's I, bold well <laughs> maybe bold for you i guess That's it's bold considering i am trying to be a little more pessimistic and realistic on how i view nebraska football now uh until i start obviously chugging more of the roulette but <laughs> um yeah i mean easily if they start 4-0 there's easily they're probably going to make a bowl game um even if they're you know, if you lose the first two games, you're two and two. I mean, it's not impossible. It's just tougher. But, you know, even three and one, you're definitely still more on track to make a bowl game this year. And I think, you know, I don't I don't think Rule is looking at it as like, oh, the bare minimum is a bowl game this year. You know, I don't think that's how he wants his team to think. But, you know, to most Nebraska fans, I mean, yeah, right. In this current situation, you know, we shouldn't be happy with a bowl game. We shouldn't be content with the bowl game. But that's what, after – how many years have not made a good bowl game? I mean, we want, that's what we want right now is we just want some sort of winning and validation that yes, this thing can get on the right track again to national relevance. And, you know, that's just, that's where I'm kind of sitting right now. But uh, yeah, I think just the five to six win range is just where I think we're going to end up. It's just, you know, what, at what point is going to be that fourth, fifth win at the season? Is going to be really early? Is it going to be, later in the season when you are dealing against uh, Wisconsin, uh, Maryland, Iowa, kind of towards the end of the season where, okay, you know, you might not win those games if you're trying to pick a bowl game going into those games at all. So uh, with that, pass it to one of you two and see if your rule eight says now to your (laughs) bust.
2: Go for it, Nate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so this is definitely a tough one um, because, I mean – if we're going to be real about it, Matt Rule's had some pretty rough starts to his tenures. years mm-hmm. that um, just no, not really a knock on him. But it's kind of the reality of the situation is you're coming into a new place, um, be it I, what Baylor and Temple were just kind of had their own internal issues and mm-hmm. were just um, not really, I don't know national powerhouse programs, um, coming into Nebraska, (laughs) definitely not a national powerhouse program, uh, at this current stage, um, as much as it pains me to say. Um, and so I think there's definitely a lot of work to do. It's going to be an uphill battle this season. Uh, I don't think everything's going to be very pretty. It's probably going to be kind of one of those (laughs) drag them out, slug them out type seasons, but, um, I feel like seven and five is going to be my sweet spot. Yeah, I think, I think we, there's enough potential. Matt rule seems like a guy who is bringing it all together. I know there's going to be the growing pains There's going to be the um, just kind of getting everyone used to the new schemes the new systems, but he seems like a very level-headed guy that knows how to really just bring it a group of people together mm-hmm. and fight towards one cause. And I think that is really going to bode well for us moving ahead. I think uh, our schedule is genuinely pretty favorable for at least a somewhat positive outcome. And I'll, I think this probably getting close to our ceiling for the season, but I'm going to go with that ceiling play and say seven, five for my uh, prediction on the season. Man. And a
0: note on that. I mean, that's, this is the most experienced team I guess in terms that Matt Rule has stepped into, in terms of talent that's, that's already say. out of school and well, sorry about that. Then no, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's one hundred percent what I was going to say
2: is he's said even that like his year ones at Temple and Baylor were mm-hmm. where he's at here. It feels more like year two there, two, right. which I think mm-hmm. is a huge is a huge thing to bring up. Um. And with that, I'll just go into my season <laughs> predictions, but um, it's, you know, that's really unfortunate that Andy took mine because I was supposed to be forever the optimist. So I had two, those are my two options. I was like, Oh, I could, you know, split the middle or, you know, be the guy that's going to go, mm-hmm. going to go all in. <laughs> well, of course I have to also be different, but you know, you guys already talked on it. Um, and again, with the rule feels like he's in year two here with Nebraska rather than year one, like he was at Baylor and, Um, you know, what we just said there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, I think that's a big key point to take away. Um, I, I do also think that going back to how much we've touched on it with how honest he's been with the team. Um, even saying that, you know, uh, at before I think spring ball, he's like, oh, you know, these guys look good in practice. Um, we don't know if we're going to be good. (laughs) I mean, that comment Mm -hmm. still rings true to me is that like. You know, he's going to coach to the best of his abilities, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, he's, he's going to work his best to make sure that he's doing what he can. But again, this is the first year under a whole new system with mm-hmm. whole new players to him, whole new coach to the players. This is out there. I was going to say six and six, but I suppose to be different. And unfortunately, it's going to paint me as the pessimist, but I will say five and 7, five,
0: seven Yeah. And that's, um, it's a reasonable five and, seven, pick, and that's,
2: and, It's like you said, Andy, though, it's 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 one of those things like I'm sitting on the fence saying, you know, do I go six and six? Do I go Uh five and seven? I don't know. And the worst part is, is that six, six, seven and five and five and seven, you know, as we all went around the horn here. Uh None of those are inconceivable. Like nobody's sitting here saying, oh, like they said, nine and three. Like, there it is. There's the unrealistic expectation. No, not at all um if anything my real expectation is six and six but i'll put five and seven on paper just so it's down there yeah. um but i don't know i think i think kind of to you know to start kind of some closing thoughts i guess if you will before we kind of wrap up the rest of our stuff just i think it's gonna be a fun year it might be a tough year and i think it could be a long-ish year just because there's a lot of question marks that need to be answered and mm-hmm. I, I think uh, what it makes what makes me think it'll be fun though is that we have a head coach that very much seems to care and very much wants this to work out um, and isn't afraid to take the criticism where it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I don't think any previous coaches were, but I think you know when and Rule has said this, and I've said it already tonight, is that uh, you know. If if you fail at the highest level, you know maybe it's time to come back down to earth or you know whatever whatever he's at exactly. It's just mm-hmm. you know he's failed at the highest level of football, mm-hmm. and so now he's coming back to where he feels comfortable, and he seems to be able to connect with a bunch of guys, especially with the fact that he's been able to retain the players. I think there's a lot of value in what he brings, um, and yeah, even though I have to be
0: the pessimist with five and seven, <laughs> um, it's, that's kind of where I, I go I'll back and forth too. Yeah. I, I could all of these options are very conceivable and you know, if things go the right way, you know, there can be more, but it could easily be, like I said, be another three and nine season. Like it's just, there's so many variables that go into each game and just the unknowns of this team. Like you said, Zach, that any of these options are possible just because like we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Any yeah. other last
2: minute thoughts from you guys?
0: I think no, I think we're going to get into uh Couple different new things I well, we're gonna try out this year. So Zach's oh, very, that's very right. excited about it. <laughs> this one,
2: this one goes out to the loyal listeners, the ones that stuck with us through our first year. The <laughs> you know the the rough beginnings with, that was our first three or four episodes. Um, we uh, we have decided this year to start doing trivia, revolving around uh, Husker football essentially but you know there might be some others that come up um in terms of husker players husker Uh coaches whatever so um we're gonna start off easy but before we get into what the question is um if you want to answer and uh take part in this you're perfectly you know we what we ask right now is we don't have a really good way to do this so unfortunately (laughs) we're just doing it by email So we'll start putting that. If you watch us on YouTube, we'll put that in the description.
1: This is the 1990s. I I need to look,
2: I need to look that up. I need to look up a better way to do it. But unfortunately I have to take the answers by email right now. I kind of dropped the ball here. Um, So anyway, uh, our email address is Nebraska abilities. So it's in the title of, you know, wherever you look at the podcast. it's the first word, Nebraska abilities at gmail.com. And that's where you'll submit your answer. And then what we'll do is we'll tally up um, as many people that got it right, and then we'll randomly at the end of the at the end of the year we'll select from a from a drawing of some sort, um, and you'll win a prize. We haven't decided what the prize is, but you will get a prize from the three of us of some form, and we'll we're still working through that. Um, we'll announce it as we get near the end of the year too. Um, so. The trivia question for the week is, and this is an easy one. We're starting off very easy, um, very very don't simple. Cheat. Yeah, try not to cheat. <laughs> well, but I, guess if you do, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I care. <laughs> the winner, the winner of the week, the winner of the week will be based on whoever submits the first email time time stamp wise, um, you know, to us. So, and then as you know, the one who wins it the most will win the prize. So, if you win four trivia games and that's the most of the year for trivia weeks you'll get the prize <sighs> which goes against the entire drawing thing i just said i don't know what the heck i'm talking about <laughs> we're still a work in progress um say. <laughs> anyway sorry so the, the question for this week is which big 10 school did matt rule play for and what years did he play now that's the question itself but you can get a bonus point for the uh, for the trivia question, by also answering what was his position that he played at the school. So one more time, what Big Ten school did Matt Rule play for, and during what years did he play? And the bonus is what was his position that he played at that school. Uh, there will not always be a bonus question, but that one just <laughs> seemed like a really good introduction to you know where Matt Rule came from. So mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, send that into the email. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get that, uh, and then we'll start tallying those up. And then if you get to the end of the year, you'll get a prize from us. And then, the I guess the other thing that's new, if you will, um, the other thing that's new is we have a new system that we're working with. So you'll be able to see, um, uh, if you go onto YouTube and watch us when we do these you'll be able to see the... Uh, we put little things on the bottom like our names and our predictions so you can kind of follow along. Um, it's not really new, but it's new to us. So you'll you'll forgive us, hopefully, uh, as we work through. Um, as with that, I also put our email at the bottom in a banner. Uh, so that's the email. Um, and if you're listening to this on a podcast and you personally know one of us, you're more than welcome to message us too. Um, you can also you can also look it up on our socials. We're on Facebook. Well, it's formally Twitter now, X, whatever. Um, Yeah. Whatever that thing is. Those two. (laughs) So if you just look up Nebraska abilities podcast, you'll find the the emails and everything there. You can also submit your answers there. Although email would be preferred just so they're all in one spot, but Mm -hmm. we'll figure that out. And then the other one, the other one that's new, we won't announce yet, but it's coming next week after the first game, maybe a hint, maybe a spoiler um we don't know we no. don't know um that's but, the best part is we don't even know <laughs> we're still we're still working on it too. um yeah but i think with that um you know trivia being the the biggest new addition, hopefully you like it um that's all i got you guys got anything else to throw in
0: no uh yeah nate if you i'll wrap it up here but I'll let you speak first
1: uh, I don't have anything too profound. I'll just say, uh, "In rural, we trust and go big red."
0: Pretty much what I was going to say too. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm right there. Um, yeah. Welcome to another season, and we hope that you stick around with us for another year.
0: And remember, if it's a possibility, it's the Nebraska ability.